Good morning, church. Happy Sunday. If you could stand up with me, we're going to get ready to worship. But I have something that I want to share first, and it's going to be real, real, real honest, okay? So, I saw some surprise faces when I started talking. You're like, oh, what's happening with, with you singing today? Half of our worship team is sick. Half of our pastoral team is sick. Half of the world is sick. I don't know if anybody else feels like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, all these people are sick. Candace is like, listen, I'm wearing a mask today. Y'all are sick, so I'm not messing with anything. And um, when Pastor Kyle texted yesterday and said, hey, we're, we don't need to have worship, we're, we're good. And he was so kind towards me. He, he didn't even say, hey, would you ever consider leading worship? And I don't necessarily want to be leading worship but I feel compelled to lead worship this morning. I feel compelled to give us an opportunity to worship God this morning. And it's because of a couple things, and one of those things is that I know what worship does in myself. It has been a week in the world around us. In the global world, there has been war breakout, there has been terrorism breakout, there is so much happening in the world around us. And we need the opportunity to worship God this morning. We need the opportunity to lift our voices to God this morning. I need the opportunity to remind my soul that he is in control, that he is still on the throne, that he is high and exalted above all else. But I also need the opportunity to bend my own knee. We have a culture that we exist within where it is. Tim, you can play behind me if you want. I'm feeling real quiet. I'm normally the person playing the piano right now. Um, we have the culture of me. Everything is focused on me and oriented around me and fixed on me. And how does this affect me? And how's it, how does this impact me? And the song we're singing today is called Made Away. And it's You Made Away, God. And I feel like if we took that song and made it accurate to the world and the culture around us, it would be I Made Away. When my back was against the wall and it looked as if it was over, I made a way. And I'm standing here only because I made a way. And I need that reminder sometimes that he's the one who's making a way. That he's the one who's moving. That he's the one who's speaking. That he is the one that is in control. That he is still on the throne. And God, we need to be reminded that he made a way and we need to remind our souls that he made a way and we need to look towards him as the way maker in every moment in every season in every part of life and i was practicing yesterday and i was practicing 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 and god said to me why are you practicing so much i said because I should practice. Like, I should know the songs that we're singing. And he said, you know this song. You've listened to this song over a hundred times. You know this song. He said, why are you practicing so much? And I said, because I wanted to, 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 and I wanted to say, because I want us to be able to worship tomorrow. And he said, what's the rest of the sentence? What's the honest sentence? Because I wanted to sound good. And he reminded me of a super old song that we're going to sing at the very end. It's, I looked it up. It, it, this, song, this might make some other people in this room feel old if you know this song. It's called Heart of Worship. It's 24 years old. But the words are, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. 
when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. So this morning, as we sing this song, Made Away, let's let this declaration to him be about him, for him. Let's let it remind ourselves that he is the one who made a way. And let's let this moment, this time, let's pause all of the other things going on and remember that it is all about him. It's not about me. I didn't make a way. I've tried. I failed. Anybody else tried and failed? Make a way? <laughs> he made a way. We've seen him do it before. We've, we're seeing him do it right now, and we will see him do it again. And wherever you're at in that journey this morning, church, I want to invite us all to fix our eyes on him as the way maker. You can get Manny. When our backs were against the wall And it looked as if it was over You made a way And we're standing here Only because you made a way You move mountains You cause walls to fall With your power performed miracles there is nothing that's impossible and we're standing here only because you made a way you made a way when our backs were against the wall and it looked as if it was over you away and we're standing here only because you made a way you move mountains you cause the walls to fall with your power perform miracles there is nothing that's impossible and we're standing here only because you made you move mountains you cause walls to fall with your power perform miracles there is nothing that's impossible we're standing here only because you made a way. You made a way. Yes, you did, God. You made a way. We've seen you do it before. You made a way. We'll see it again. You made a way don't know how but you did it made a way 
I don't know how, but you did it. You made a way. I don't know how, but you did it. You made a way. I don't know how, but you did it. You made a way. I don't know why, but I'm grateful. You made a way. I don't know why, but I'm grateful. You made a way. I don't know why, but I'm grateful. You made a way. I don't know why, but I'm grateful. You made a way. You move mountains. You cause the walls to fall. With your power, perform miracles. There is nothing, God, that's impossible. And we're standing here only because you made. You move mountains, you cause the walls to fall. With your power, perform miracles there is nothing that's impossible and we're standing here only because you made and we're standing here only because you made and we're standing here only because you made When our backs were against the wall And it looked as if it was over You made a way And we're standing here Only because you made a way Yes, God, cause you made a way We stand because you made a way I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you. When it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you, when it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you, when it's all about you, Jesus, I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you, when it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it when it's all about you, when it's all about you, Jesus. Jesus, it's all about you, Jesus.
coming back, Lord, to the heart of worship. Worship when it's all about you. Come on, church. When it's all about you. Make that your declaration today. Jesus, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you. When it's all about you, Jesus, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. When it's all about you, when it's all about you, Jesus, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, when it's all about you, Jesus, you made a way. When our backs were against the wall, and it looked as if it was over, you made a way. And we're standing here only because you made away thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you Lord. thank you jesus so sweet you're so sweet your presence is so sweet let your aroma fill the place for jesus holy 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 is the lord god almighty worthy 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 is the lamb worthy to receive glory and honor and power and praise holy 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 is jesus holy is your name we lift you up we give you glory thank you lord we are nothing without you we're nothing we didn't make our own way you carried it all on the cross every way everything every molecule every sin every transgression every bit of our hell you took without you jesus we're nothing daddy hear our prayer today forgive us for making it something it never is supposed to be daddy hear our prayer jesus we're trusting that you're going to make a way you're going to make a way you're going to make a way church just tell them here make a way just surrender. Just say, Jesus, I surrender this area today. I may, Come make a way. Jesus, I, I give up my will today. Come and make a way. I, I, I get my hands off the wheel today. Come and make a way. Jesus is the only way. You know, church, in the middle of worship today, I just wanted to stop because we cannot overlook the immensity of what happened this weekend. We can't come into a, a place and feel like we're untouched because something that's so tragic happened across the world and, 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 and it's not touching our back door. But we can't miss the fact that there are people hurting this morning. There are brothers and sisters who, who are hurting this morning. That there, there, are, there are things going on that are part of the labor pains that we've talked about. There should be a stirring inside of us to cry out, God, you're the only one that can make a way. You're the only one that can make a way. You know, I love the, the word, Psalm 122, verse 6 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I love that. I love that. We're going to do that in just a moment. I love that command of God. But here's the truth. Humanity 
can end conflict, but only God can bring peace. We can end conflict, but only God can bring peace. So yes, we're praying for the end of conflict. Yes, we're praying that conflict ends. But more than that, our prayer as men and women of faith isn't just that war ends or terror ends. Our, our, our prayer as people of faith is that God's peace shows up. God's peace shows up in Jerusalem. God's peace shows up in our home. God's peace shows up in our co-worker's house. God's peace shows up in our marketplace tomorrow. God's peace shows up. Because we can make everything right between each other and still not have peace. We cannot be fighting and still not have peace. But this morning, no matter where you stand, wherever your political ideology is, with what's going on in the Middle East, and it's a, always a complex situation, this is what I know. There are mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters this morning on both sides of that Gaza fence that are waking up in tears and are crying and are hurting and are lonely and are terrorized and they don't know what tomorrow holds and my Jesus didn't die just for one side of that fence my Jesus died for both sides of that fence This is in no way justifying any act of terror. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But you and I, we see things from a different perspective. What we just sang, what we just prayed needs to be our prayer today. Jesus, make a way. Jesus, make a way. Not just for bombs to stop. Not just for terror to end. God, Jesus, make a way for people whose eyes have been blinded to see you today. God, make a way in our hearts. That when something isn't touching us, we still are moved with compassion towards it. Help us to see who Jesus is in the midst of this. I have friends on both sides of that fence. Texted him yesterday. Hey, buddy, you okay? Both sides of the fence. And my God has friends on both sides of that fence. My God has to be able to make a way. You just heard Pastor John say, like half of our worship team is decimated. Like people who were on sick, people who were taking their place sick. We've got people with COVID, people with bronchitis, people with pneumonia, people in the hospital. We've got half of our team sick. We've got people in this church and in our community who are sick today. But this is what I know, God can make a way. I prayed for Danielle this morning because she's sick and I was like, God, you gotta make a way. I didn't ask for her to him to make a way so she could come to church. I asked that he could make a way so she could be whole. God can make a way. So we're going to pray. I'm not going to just pray. You're going to pray. We're going to take just a moment in church and we're going to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Man, if you, are, if you have family or friends, man, start to pray over them, your, your, this family, your immediate family. Pray that the peace of God moves. Pray for God to make a way. If there's some sickness in somebody's life, start to pray. The Bible says we're two touch something in agreement. It's going to happen, so let's start praying. Let's start praying. Just start praying. Don't be just a recipient of prayer. Be an activator of prayer. Jesus, just take a moment. Jesus, come and have your way. Jesus, come and move over sickness. Jesus, come and move in our marketplace. Jesus, come and move at Jerusalem. Jesus, come and move on both sides of that Gaza fence. Jesus, come and move in our world. Bring, bring, bring restoration and wholeness. Jesus, come and invade into Ukraine, Lord God, and bring peace in that part of the world. Lord Jesus, open people's eyes that are closed to you today. Lord God, bring, breathe life into our families. Bring life into our friends, Lord. Only you can cause the walls to fall. 
There are Jerichos that seem impossible, but nothing's impossible for you. That's the proclamation of your children. Nothing's impossible. We speak peace. We speak peace. We speak peace. We speak shalom. The all holistic power of the Almighty God over people on this earth, Lord God. Those who know you and those who don't yet, Father, we are speaking the peace of the Almighty King. For every person who is sick in our friend group, in this community, in our, in our, in our everyday lives, we are praying today for the healing power of Yahweh Rapha. You purchased healing on the cross by your stripes. Come on, church. By your stripes, we are healed. There are some walls that need to fall financially for TKC, for church, for people's lives, for families in this area. Economic strongholds that are trying to strangle people in the name of Jesus. You are Yahweh Yira. You are the God that provides. Let your provision roll. Let work begin to just pop up out of nowhere. Let provision pour in from places we've never seen. Daddy, as we trust with you with all of our hearts and lean out on our own understanding, your word says you'll direct our path, so make it clear. I pray for the young people in this service right now. I pray you give them a boldness of a Joshua generation, a boldness to speak into uh, the, 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 their culture, into their community, into their friend groups with the boldness and compassion that Jesus brings to bring revival, to bring change, to bring hope in an uncertain world. Jesus, come. Let your aroma fill this place. Forgive us for making it about us. Any time and every time, we worship you in Jesus' name. And together we say amen and amen. Can we just praise him for a moment? Come on, give Jesus one more praise. Lord, we love you this morning. What a great God you are. Hallelujah. Woo. And give Pastor John a hand for hopping in this morning. That's Candace and Tim for not being sick. Thank you, guys. It's crazy. It is funny, though, because um, just to be honest, years ago, and it was before pandemic, if we had this situation, I would have turned to Pastor John and said, make it happen. Whatever we have to do, make it happen. And that's the brokenness that was in me. Because it was about the environment of worship we could help you feel. Rather than trusting in the environment of worship that you bring. Because worship is not the job of the team. Worship is the opportunity of the people. I love the fact that they help us. Thank God someone can sing. I love, anyone else love the verse in the Bible where it says, make a joyful noise? I'm in. That's in. That's my verse. That's my verse. Me and Jesus, that's my verse. I love that verse. But the truth is that church isn't about creating an environment so that we feel the presence of God. It's about knowing that the presence of God is here. So we bring the worship that's due his name.
That's why John sang what he sang. God, forgive us for making worship about something other than what it was always about, which is you. Forgive us. His goodness changes us because in the environment, but the environment is never supposed to be the one that changes us. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for not being sick today. Thank you for coming, being a part of this. If you're here, thanks. Welcome to Connect Church. It's great to have you today. It really, really is. Look, if you're a guest today, if this is your first or second time, thank you for coming out. Thank you for being our guest today. Uh, look, there's going to be a, a, a code up on the screen, a QR code up on the screen. Uh, it'll take you to all the information you need to, to know about church. Even if you've been to church for a while and you want to sign up for things or find out more about it, you can always go to that QR code. It's not only on the screen, it's everywhere around. But don't just find out about church. Let us know about you because your story is important to us. It's not the fact that you just came to church today. That's such a great step and a huge step. But truly, we want to get to know you because we know it's impossible to do this life alone. And church isn't about a Sunday morning gathering. It's about learning how to do life well together. Together. Well, you heard us pray over generations today. And we believe in generations. We love our generations. And we are thankful for Pastor Lisa, Pastor Kevin, for all they're pouring into the generations and the family. So kiddos, can you guys uh, head on out? Give them a hand as they're going. As you're being seated, give somebody next to you a high five or a fist pump or an air high five. Whatever you feel comfortable with this morning. Tom, it's good to see him this morning at church. Can I ask you before I'm gonna we're gonna uh, I'm gonna ask Stephanie Gibson, our the head of our uh, TKC Thy Kingdom Crumb food truck, to come up for a moment just uh, and talk with you about the 5K that's coming up. But you heard us mention what's going on in Israel. Do not overlook and don't take it lightly. Um, this is one of the most uh, prophetically talked about places on the planet in the Word of God. And just for, because for us it may be a geopolitical issue, it's not always a geopolitical issue. Geopolitical issues are tied together with prophetic issues that happen in our world. And we're not going to talk all about that this morning. We may talk about that at later, some later time or in our discipleship groups. But I, I want you to know that when we see things like this, we have to be stirred to recognize that time is getting shorter. I don't know where we are in the end times. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I know we're there. I know there's too, many, um, there's too many labor pains that are going on around the world for us to bury our head in our sand and not recognize that we are closer to Jesus coming back now than ever before. Now, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that in order to scare us. I'm saying that for us to actually stir us. Stir us. Anybody ever get to, like, I, this is me. Like, on a Sunday morning, I know I have to get up at a certain time, right? Because I have to, like, I'm, and, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Does anyone start, does anyone find themselves waking up, like, an hour beforehand? Right? And you're looking at the clock. You're like, all right, I got an hour. Yeah, I'll just go close my, and I got, all right, now I'm 45 minutes. You, see, there's a reason why you wake up early, because you're stirred about something. You're stirred. 
And, and hopefully these moments don't just stir us to have compassion and they don't just stir us to pray. I, I hope that they stir us to understand our place in this time and space. How we can serve our generation by actually not being afraid of Jesus and not being afraid to bring people Jesus. Because he's the only answer. As we said today, humanity can end conflict between each other because we choose conflict. But only God can manifest real peace. Jesus, not people in the White House, not people on either side of that fence, the only people that can actually bring real peace is Jesus Christ. He's the only answer. And that's why we do. It's why thy kingdom crumb for us is so important in this day and age. Because it is a way in the middle of all this craziness to constantly bring love to people in a non-threatening way. Just to let them know, we bring food to you, it's free, and the reason we do it is because Jesus loved us and we want to love you. So we need your help in that. So I'm going to ask Stephanie Gibson. Steph, come on up. Can you give Steph a hand? Stephanie is our, the head, uh, our director of operations for TKC. She's going to talk to you just about something for just a few moments. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Good morning, Steph. Um, so, coming up in about, about two Saturdays, yeah. okay, um, Saturday, October 21st, we are going to be having the second annual The Crump Run for... Um, yeah, it's so good. It's so much fun. Um, and I am super excited. I'm sorry, I'm completely fed out with the TKC. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, but first, you could show up on that day and you could run. I'm not a runner, so I will be there clapping and screaming and clapping. <laughs> Which we need. You won't see me doing that, and if I'm running, you might want to run that way. Running from something. Um, or you could walk if you want to do that. I know several people walked last year um, and just enjoyed the beautiful trees and the water out there. Um, you can also pray. That's yeah. probably the most important thing. Um, actually, I think I shared this last year, too. Um, I went out to Cooper River the week leading up to it, and I walked around and I was praying. Wow. Um, if you guys are near that area for work or if you can go by there for lunch or if you just like, you know what, I have time. I'm going to drive by. I would totally stop doing the same thing. Um, I think it just, last year was amazing. And yeah. I think it just was because God was there, he yep. was present. Um, not too far either this year, he definitely will be. Yep. But I think it was just trusting that he had that whole entire space covered. Yes. Um, this is why I have notes because I totally forgot the next one. Um, oh, you can serve. Yes. To serve. There are lots of different areas. Um, registration, serving with the truck, uh, we need people for setup and for breakdown. Um, I will be out in the lobby um, after service. You can come talk to me about that. I think the nonprofit gets you signed up for that. And um, also, you could donate. Um, whatever that is, if it's time, if you got an extra $5 to get Starbucks, so don't, don't, no, don't get Starbucks. I'm a coffee lover. Get your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you can donate that if you really feel like it. Um, but yeah, so if you could just, whatever that um, looks like for you, we would love for you to join with us in this. Um, I'm super excited. I know the team is as well. 
Yes. Awesome. Awesome, Steph. Yeah, fantastic. Hey, last year, everybody at the end, right, everybody was like, can we do this every week? And I'm like, uh, no, but we can do it again next year. So uh, come on out, be a part of that. Um, look, even if, uh, as Steph just said, even if you can't be there on that day, sponsor somebody who can run. Uh, sponsor someone's miles. We're doing that this year as well. Um, because every dollar that comes in right now is essential. You hear us say it all the time. We have lots of good partners in TKC, but we don't have millionaires writing out checks. We, every dollar that comes in is used to buy food, to actually help people in our area, to feel loved, seen, valued, and loved, and you make the difference. So uh, thank you for doing that. Thank you for giving and thank you for praying, and it's going to be a great time. So uh, I thank you, Steph, for that. Well, are you guys ready for the word this morning? Two people over here. Yes, there's two people on my right. Ready for, are you guys ready for the word today? Awesome. All right, look. Uh, open your Bibles. Since you brought, you brought your Bibles, why don't you open with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke is the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, and uh, if, you, if you need a title for today's message, it's Conversations About Jesus. Conversations about Jesus. Danielle and I were going to do uh, a tag team today, just kind of have nice conversations, sit in chairs, and talk to you about how to have conversations with Jesus. But she woke up um, and she was uh, sick this morning. Um, and so you're stuck with me, uh, just me, uh, talking about how to have conversations about Jesus today. And because, look, the truth is we all have conversations about Jesus, or we could be having conversations about Jesus. And in this world of uncertainty, um, and, and the world's getting more uncertain. I was talking to somebody, one of our pastors this week, and they were saying, hey, you know, with, uh, with, with the craziness that our world's already in, wait till our country gets to 2024 when it's the election cycle again. We are not walking into a less uncertain time. We are walking into more uncertainty. Internally, externally. And because of that, that's why it's important that we have these kind of conversations. We're going to be having them. We should be having them uh, about who Jesus is. Because who Jesus is can bring so much hope to people. And that's what we have to really kind of remember today. What we're talking about is how can we bring hope to people? Not how can we correct people. Not how can we make their lifestyle different. How can we bring hope to people? These conversations, my friends, in this kind of time can bring so much sense of security to people. It, it can bring a sense of, of being unconditionally loved, which is so missing for so many of us in this world. It's what we find lacking so often. I know for me, when I have these kind of conversations, um, whether they're with people that go to church or with people who don't go to church at all, um, I know I leave those conversations, and maybe you're the same way. I have a bounce in my step. Like, I leave that conversation, I'm like, there's something stirred inside of me. I, I, I always leave these conversations, no matter how the conversation goes. I leave this conversation knowing something more about Jesus after the conversation than I did before the conversation. And can we just agree that inherently that's one of the greatest benefits we can have in having Jesus conversations? Is that both parties, when they walk away, know just a little bit more about Jesus than they did beforehand? 
even if they don't change, even if their political view stays the same, even if they have not turned around and begged forgiveness, can we agree that maybe the greatest thing that people can get, a, we, we just see Jesus differently. And I think one of the most amazing truths about any time we have a conversation about Jesus, whether it's with a friend or a family member, whether it's with a coworker, whether it's with somebody in our discipleship groups, which we have, or whether it's with someone who just doesn't even know uh, any of the stuff or believe any of the stuff yet, is that the, the Spirit of God is already there. He's already started a conversation. The Spirit of God has already started a conversation with people in their hearts long before you and I ever start a conversation with them about Jesus. Why? Why does the Spirit do this? Why is the Spirit having this conversation? Because God's a revealer of Himself. God wants to be known. God is wooing people, even people you say, that dude, that girl, they'll never come to Jesus. Jesus, the Spirit, is already wooing them. Matter of fact, he, he started out when we were born. He places us in this world. Romans 1.20 says that all of nature is a revealer of God. So even by putting us in a world around us, he goes, look, here I am. I want you to know me. 1 John 4.19 says what? I love because he first loved me. Jesus is a revealer of himself. He is, wooing, he is wooing each of us. So why is that so important? Because one of the biggest reliefs we can have is to know that we are not initiating a conversation with anyone about Jesus. We are simply joining a conversation that's already going on in their hearts. Whether that be one that uh, we start in the natural or one that we're a conversation we're resp responding to that was started in the natural. The beautiful truth is that God's Holy Spirit, through his love, has already been speaking to them in their hearts. That's actually what part of this text that we're going to read today says. The Bible says in verse 32 the two people who were walking with Jesus said, looked at one another and said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he was talking to us on the road? So whether our conversations are on the road or at a Starbucks or on the phone or over a meal, the truth is that God's love is what we find ourselves in in the midst of those moments. We are standing in the midst of a God conversation. God is already having a conversation before we join the conversation. So today, Dee and I were going to chat through, but I'm going to chat through some thoughts about these types of conversations. Whether we're the ones who are asking or we're the ones who are being asked, whether we're the ones seeking or we're simply responding, I want to help us navigate how to help somebody take one step closer to Jesus. That's it. Do you know what your goal is? One step closer to Jesus. One step closer. When you're having that conversation with that, that child, maybe as a grown-up parent who is, who is just off the rails, your job is not to make sure they get back on the rails. One step closer to Jesus. When you're having that conversation with a coworker who has been the biggest a a thorn in your side about being a, a Christian and your Christian stances, your goal is not to get to prove them wrong. Get them to take one step closer to Jesus. How do we do that? 
We have Jesus conversations. Not theological conversations. Not Christianese conversations. Jesus conversations. So my goal this morning, by having this chat, is to help us navigate these types of conversations so we can have them in our daily lives. So that maybe give us some tangible tools this morning so that we can have these conversations in a real world, in a real way, about a real God. And ultimately, through these conversations, help each person who walks away from that conversation fall a little bit more in love with Jesus. Just fall in love with Jesus a little bit more. How cool is it that we can just, I'm just telling you, do you know one of the ways you can fall in love with Jesus more? You don't have to fast. You do have to fast and pray. Just talk about him. Like, can we agree that's not really hard? Like, if it comes down to fasting food for 40 days to know Jesus, or just talking about him. Fall in love with him more. Let's look at the word. In this text, uh, it's Jesus, it's after the resurrection, and he's showing up to two disciples on the road to Emmaus, right? And here's, we're only going to read part of it, you can read the whole story later, but it says this in verse 13, that very day, two of them, people who had followed Jesus, right, these were followers of Jesus before this moment, were going to a village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? I love this text. Think about, look at the amazing truths we can see right here. Not only do we, do we find ourselves in the midst of a spiritual truth where two are talking about you, where two agree with you, where two are in come together to talk about Jesus. He's there in the midst of us. Like, so that means whenever we're having a conversation with somebody, we're not doing it alone. He's always there. He always shows up. But more than that, we actually get to see the heart of Jesus. He not only is going to show up, he wants to show up. Like, he didn't have to do this. He wanted to show up. And the, they're having a conversation about Jesus. Jesus shows up and then says, come on, let's keep having this conversation about Jesus. It's beautiful. I think what I love about even thinking about these kind of conversations is Jesus' response in this text. How he's the one who seeks these two out. Right? Because they're not really walking down the road to Emmaus. They're walking down the road of uncertainty. They're walking down the road of uncertainty. They had heard a lot about Jesus. They had heard a lot of opinions of other people on that day about what happened to Jesus, but they still had questions. They were still uncertain. Their world was turned upside down, and they didn't know who to believe. I get this. I get this. There are times in my life and in our lives, I I would assume, when the world gets turned upside down, When we've heard the preaching and we've heard this person say that and this person say that, we've heard this report and that report, that we just don't know who to believe, what to believe, and what to do. Not only do we feel that way, I promise you, our friends feel that way. Our family feels this way. Uncertain at times. But the amazing thing about Jesus here is he doesn't come to accuse or bring blame or to point out fault. He simply shows up to have a conversation with two people to help them find the peace and the hope that their hearts were searching for. 
Why is this so important? Because if we're honest, it's so very different than most of our Christian conversations, the motive behind them today. Especially if you're raised in the church. Like, you got to get people saved, man. You got to get people, you got to get people saved. You better get people. Do you know Jesus told you, get folks saved? You better be out there and get So add the pressure for the conversation. I got to get them saved. Anybody who grew up around, right? Like, that's why we shy away from conversations. And our motives are so wrong so often in this world about having any conversation about God because our motives are usually about who's right or who's wrong who's too liberal or who's not liberal enough but for Jesus it was just about helping these two people see himself to know Jesus a little bit better that's it look what's so amazing here what's so amazing here to me is that they were obviously good men they were good men. They were fo- we would consider them good men. They followed Jesus. They had been around Jesus. They were there. They talked about all the things of Jesus. But Jesus does not come to this conversation. Stay with me for a moment. Jesus does not come to this conversation because they were good. But it was because they were trying to live out good lives that they hit a roadblock where they faced circumstances that made their logic not be able to fix or understand what they were going through. Even though they were living good lives, things came up in that good life that their logic couldn't work out. So Jesus says, I'm going to come, not because you're good, but I'm going to come because you've got to understand, even when you're trying to be good, it's not good enough. You're going to hit some roadblocks you don't understand, so let me help you understand the roadblock that you hit. What a great God we serve. I, I find that many times in my conversation, People are trying to live a good life, right? They're trying their best to live a good life. But then life happens. And that causes them to struggle with hope, to struggle with peace, struggle with how they see God in the midst of this. And I think sometimes because we don't really know how to have these conversations, we don't. And we convince ourselves that we don't really need to have these conversations with them at this moment. Because after all, Time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. Because all will be revealed in time. It's not. Because people will work through it on their own. We don't. And this is what conversations about Jesus do. They may not help us to understand everything about the situation, but they help us to know the one who can bring peace in the midst of any situation. Isn't that what Philippians 4, 7 says? That there's a peace that passes all understanding. It means even when you don't have that final piece that that makes the puzzle picture clear, you and I can have peace even when we can't figure it out, even when we're trying to work it out in and of ourselves and we can't do it. Man, there's something that happens when the Holy Spirit, when our mind is connected to Jesus that allows peace to come. So our conversation is not to get them to understand why everything happened, why bad things happened to that such good person. It's to bring it back to the only one who can bring peace No matter the situation. That's what Jesus is doing. And because Jesus loves us so much, he understands we can know the facts and still be hindered by faith. We can know the facts 
and still our faith can be hindered in believing in him. Technically, can we agree? These people were, they just left church. Like if you read, they were together with the assembly. In, they, they had just left church, right? And they knew the facts. Matter of fact, verse 18 says, Cleopas, who tradition tells us is Jesus' uncle. Not saying it's true. Just saying tradition says Jesus' uncle, Joseph's brother. Cleopas says to Jesus in verse 18, are you the only one who doesn't know what's happening in Jerusalem? Then he spends six more verses telling him the facts. They knew the facts, but what they were hindered was in stepping out in faith. Man, this happens to all of us. All of us. Because it's not what the facts say that keeps us walking from faith. It's what the facts say to us that hinders our faith. It's not what the facts say. It's what the facts say to us that hinders it. That's why Jesus did not come, stay with me, he did not come to change the facts. He helped them see the facts through different light. That's what the word does. That's what love does. That's what grace does. That's what walking with somebody, walking with somebody and not talking at somebody does. It helps them see things in a different light. I was just having a conversation with someone who, who was going through a, uh, one of these type of situations. It was still ongoing. And, um, and they were really upset. And I understood why they were upset. Like, I got it. And so uh, we, I just started to talk to them about, I started to have a Jesus conversation. I wasn't trying to correct them. I wasn't trying to get them on my side. I wasn't trying to get them to vote differently. I just started to have a Jesus conversation with them. I listened to where they were. I was listening to the Holy Spirit, what he was saying. And I just started to mix Jesus in, bring him in. And I mean, we talked for a while and they were here and there and yeah, but and here, how about this? And, and at the end of that conversation, they said, man, I've never seen it in that light before. I've just never seen it that way before. Now, can I tell you something? They didn't like repent. They didn't fall down on their knees. Oh, Jesus, they didn't promise me they're coming to church every week. But you know what they did? They saw their circumstance differently. And more importantly, they saw Jesus differently at the end of it. That's all. It's a walk. It's a journey. And our goal is to help them know Jesus. This is why our words cannot... Church, please hear me when I say this. If you come to church here and I'm your pastor, please hear your pastor say this. Our words cannot be weapons. They must be windows. Modern Christianity in America weaponizes the word for their own self-righteous, pharisaic agenda, political agenda, national Christian agenda. Our words cannot be weapons. They must be windows. They must be windows to reveal who Jesus is to people into seeing who he is. Man, in my house, I have 16 windows in the bottom floor of my house, 16 windows. You can't see all of my house all at the same time, but when you go window to window to window, you start getting a bigger picture, come on somebody, of what it looks like inside my house and who the person is that lives inside that house. Our, our words should just be windows. And maybe one conversation is just the side window. And the other conversation is a bay window. And one conversation is just a peephole window. It's all right. It, it don't have to all be those. You don't have to take them for a tour of your house on one day. It's a conversation. 
It's why it's important that we need to open our ears and develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because this is not about having some planned advice that I'm going, all right, on Tuesday, I'm going in, I'm talking to Tom. Tom's getting to talking to on Tuesday. I, man, I, that man, Sharice, I know what she, I know what she's been doing on Saturday. I'm going to go talk to her about her life. This is about the Holy Spirit. This is about developing an ear to hear so the Spirit can drop things in our way and in our, in our ear to respond so that we can create windows so that people can see Jesus in these moments. We, ha- we, people of faith, we should have confidence in this. We should be the most confident people having our words be windows to Jesus. Because Jesus promised it to us. The same one who promised salvation, if we can pro- believe in that, we can believe for this. The same one who promised that, in Luke chapter 12, verse 11 says, don't worry. He actually understands we're going to worry. He says, don't get stressed out when you're going to talk to people about me. Because I'm going to bring you before rulers and princes and people, like some of you introverts are like, no, anything but people, God. Fiery furnace, but no people. I'm going to bring you before people, and listen to his promise, and the Spirit will give you words to say. And my Spirit will give you words to say. And do you know what words that Spirit is going to bring? Jesus. Because in John 16, 14, he says, the Spirit will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he makes known to you. So what you and I are going to be making known in those moments, if we listen to the Spirit, is not our agenda, it's not our ideology, it's not our philosophy, it's not our denominational background, it's what the Spirit of God, what Jesus is, this is what I need him to see right now, Kyle, this is what I need him to hear, this is the window, this is the window, this is the window, just, just paint this picture, let him see who I am in this moment. Because it's not about me, it's about a window to him. And just before we watch this incredible video that I told you we're going to watch for a moment, let me just say this. A few years ago, I had someone say to me, uh, who was not a pastor, they were a person in church, and they said to me, I understand my job is to bring people to church. It's my pastor's job to bring them to Jesus. No. No. Jesus did not wait for Peter or John or an apostle to have a conversation with these two men. He chose to have this conversation with them because he loved them. Now don't get me wrong. We should be bringing people to church. Yes, that's always a great option. That's fantastic. But it was love that caused Jesus to share himself with them on the road. It's part of the reason, my friends, we need to prepare our hearts and our minds to recognize these moments to develop an ear from the Holy Spirit, to hear how to respond in these moments, and to be bold enough to take the risks to have the conversation in these moments. Romans 10 simply says, why are we upset that people don't call on Jesus? They don't call on the one they haven't heard of. And how can they call on the one who they haven't heard of unless we proclaim him? This video that we have today is a tool And I'm going to talk more about it afterwards, but we're going to make it available for you. But I hope as you listen to it, not only does it speak to you, but maybe you can find yourself having these type of conversations with people 
in your world because it's important. We are called to redeem the time. And the way to redeem the time is to bring Jesus into our daily conversations. Let's take a look at the video. It's good to be with you today. Girthur, I know you as a respected friend, husband, and I know, like everyone, uh, your life story has been a journey. I wondered if you would uh, share with, uh, with me and any of our uh, viewers that are joining us online today a little bit about your, your religious background. Sure. You know, I uh, didn't grow up Christian, but I did grow up in a religious household, and I was taught about duty and honor and honesty, but I didn't have a personal relationship with God. I actually didn't even think about God as a personal being, and I definitely didn't know that I needed a savior. Back then, if you were asked this question, I'm just wondering how you would have answered it, and here's the question. If you were to stand before God at the gates of heaven, and he were to ask you, Yerther, why should I let you in? What would you have said back then? Well, for a period in my life, Pastor Rick, I would have said, I actually don't believe in heaven or hell, or even God. But, you know, thinking about my childhood, I guess I had a sense that my afterlife was determined based on whether I was a good enough person or not so good while I lived here on earth. Well, that sounds familiar. Over the years, uh, the number one answer to that question that I've received is, I try to be a good person. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm, I try to do my best. The other answer is, uh, you know, I don't know what I'd say to God. And some people have even said to me, you know, I really don't think that I deserve mm -hmm. to go to heaven. Well, I think many people were taught uh, like me and thought like me that good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. It sounds right. fair. It sounds just. But the problem with that according to the Bible, is the actual standard for heaven is perfection. Mm -hmm. yep. And since nobody's perfect but Jesus Christ, it begs the question, how does a regular person like you or I get into heaven? The good news is we serve a loving God. Mm -hmm. And he understood many things. And he wanted us to understand that no amount of good deeds can make an imperfect person perfect. The other thing he wanted us to understand is that it's impossible to have sustainable joy in this world unless we know we're going to spend eternity while we're still alive here on earth. I thought I'd have to die first. I'd stand before God, present my portfolio of good works, <laughs> hope that my good outweighed my bad, <laughs> hold my breath while I waited for him to say one or two words, heaven or hell. Mm. Terrifying pass-fail exam. Yes. The good news is he didn't set it up that way. And here's what he did. If we are sorry for our sins, and ask for forgiveness and trust in Jesus' perfect sacrifice on the cross, the Bible actually says that heaven is an absolutely free gift. Yes. Yep. The scripture is in Ephesians. It's we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, not as a result of our good works. It's a gift, lest anybody should brag. Mm -hmm. So the admission ticket into heaven is accepting Christ and the free gift, not our collection of good works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, right about now, people are probably wondering, what about my good deeds? Mm -hmm. Do they even count? And they do. Our good deeds determine our rewards in heaven, but they can't be presented as an admission ticket. So basically, let me demonstrate here. 
Forty years ago, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and with, the with it came the free gift of heaven. So when I stand before God at the gates of heaven, all he's going to see is the perfect sacrifice that mm -hmm. I'm trusting. His blood has covered mm -hmm. my life. The good deeds that I do, I do them now in thanksgiving, not to build up my portfolio. And that's an entirely different motivation. Mm -hmm. um, to sum it up, many religious beliefs say, try to be good enough for, to earn heaven. True Christianity says, it's already been done, just receive it. Nobody is good enough when perfection is the standard. Last thing I'm gonna share with you. Guy goes in, it's a true story, guy goes into a Walmart in 2018, pays off all the layaway items. Yep. Imagine the surprise of those customers going to that counter to find out that their debt had been paid in full. They yeah. didn't earn it and they didn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. It's a perfect analogy what Jesus did for us. He paid a debt we could not pay. So the statement I want to make right now is this. Heaven, and this is for our people joining us online today, Heaven is on layaway. Mm. All they have to do is pick it up. Well, if that makes sense, I'd like everyone to join us in a prayer to accept Jesus. We call it the heaven prayer. And uh, by the way, you can't lose this because you didn't earn it. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But you are. But you are. Jesus. Jesus. I'm sorry for my sins. Sorry for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe. I believe. That you're the Son of God. That you're the Son of God. That you died for my sins. That you died for my sins. And rose from the dead. And rose from the dead. Jesus. Jesus. I believe what the Bible says. I believe what the Bible says. That I'm saved. That I'm saved. By grace. By grace. Through faith in you alone. Through faith in you alone. Not as a result of my good deeds. Not as a result of my good deeds. It's a gift. It's a gift. Lest I should brag. Lest I should brag. Jesus save me. Jesus save me. And give me. And give me. The free gift of heaven. The free gift of heaven. And. And. An abundant life. Abundant life. Here on earth. Here on earth. And it's in your name I pray. It's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> before we go, uh, would you give those who are joining us online some advice about how you grew initially in your walk with God? Sure. I mean, first thing is congratulations if you said that prayer. Yeah. This is just going to transform your life in ways that you can't imagine. You know, I think what I tell people, Pastor Rick, is you need to find a Bible-believing church, a place where you can grow in your faith Absolutely. and be around other believers who are seeking out God. Yes. And then, you know, it's important also to see faith as a relationship. Um, God wants to spend time with you. You want to be in prayer. You want to spend time in His Word. Mm. Um, that's yes. the way we can just have a heart for God that grows and grows over time. Girther, I want to thank you for your honest exchange today. I know it's valuable to me and to God and also to those who are viewing us online today. And uh, I always am encouraged when people share their faith with God with others. Thanks very much. Thank you, Pastor Rick. God bless you. Awesome. Oh, I love it. Great job. Hey, that was a great job by uh, our, our media team, by Pastor Rick, by Guthrie. Thank you, buddy. Um, look, uh, not every conversation has to be that, right? Why we put that on, and I'll, I'll talk about that in, in just a minute, but the, the reason why we did this video 
um, and, and, and we'll have it available for you, um, is so that there's part of that conversation that we can, uh, the more we listen to it, the more that it gets inside of us. Not every conversation is going to end that way, right? Not every, but, but we have to be ready when that conversation or if that conversation could come to that. And we don't want to have all these pictures of Jesus, right? Windows of Jesus. And then they, they'll go, yeah, this is awesome. How do I get to know him? You're like, uh, I don't know. Come to church. Right? And that's an easy thing to do. And so we, we'll, we'll have a QR code. You can go right to that video. You can give it to friends. Uh, it's, it's not a crutch, but it certainly is a great tool um, to use. Uh, and so we'll bring that up back in just a second. But let me, let me just close with some thoughts about that. I, I hope that you heard the tenor uh, in Pastor Rick and Guthrie. You, you heard their, their conversational tone and, uh, and, and, and all of those things. And I think there are some things that are important um, about these conversations that we need to keep having about Jesus that we can actually grab from this text. And as we close out, the, one of the things that I want to really encourage us to do is meet people on the road where they are. Meet people on the road where they are. Don't try to bring them to where you are. Meet them on the road where they are, right? That, 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 that's what Jesus did. He, he walked with them on the road where they were. By the way, we don't have to go to a different road. I promise you, there are enough people on your road with you, right, that probably have these questions or are living without some sense of certainty or hope. Or even Pastor Rick, who grew up in, 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 a, in a denominational church, he, did you hear him say, like, I grew up and I still didn't know? I, I didn't have any peace on this side because I didn't know. I was just had my, whoop, had my fingers crossed. Hope God didn't see that whole, you know, 1980s. I hope the whole decade. Oh, some of you. Some of you need to cross out the night. That decade, God. I hope there's blinders on, Lord. Just don't see that. That's why we need to have ears to see and eyes to hear from the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the greatest regrets of my life is... Uh, uh, a few years ago, I had a, wor uh, a worker come to my house who was going to fix something. And um, we had done business with this company a lot, and, but I had never had this particular person come. And he was a younger person who was there for the first time. And uh, he was at the end of the job. And at the end of the job, he noticed that uh, my email address said the Connect Church. And uh, he, he started talking about how he grew up in church, but he really didn't know. He wasn't really sure if he was going to go to heaven or not. Um, and I, he wasn't really sure about that. And I would love to tell you that I said, oh, man, hallelujah. But all of a sudden, I had this flush, this, this rush of things in my head. Like he had been talking to me about how he was glad that my job was done quickly because he had to get to another job really quickly. And how he had to make sure that his boss wasn't upset with him, that he was taking too much time at one job, right? And, and I had another worker coming after him, and I knew that was coming. And I... Anyone ever have, like, you find it, and I was like, ah, and the rush of things coming in. And I would love to tell you that was the reason. But it wasn't. It was just because I really wasn't listening for the Holy Spirit to say, stop. Here's a three-second window. Just give him Jesus for a moment. Just give him Jesus for a moment. So do you know what I did? I literally did this. I had one of Pastor Rick's books, The Surprise of Your Life, there. I grabbed it. I said, one of my pastors wrote a great book about that will answer this question. Here, take it, read it. It'll answer all your questions. God bless you. Have a great day. Even pastors miss it. 
Now, look, my God's big enough. Come on, somebody. My God's big enough. It's not about whether or not for me that I'm like, oh my gosh, that guy's going to hell now. I was the only one ever. But what I did is I missed because I wasn't listening. Because I had other voices speak louder than the voice of the Spirit in that moment. All of us can do it. And the truth is, Jesus walked with them. He wasn't trying to get them to the empty tomb. He was bringing the empty tomb to them where they were. And I love this moment that verse 28 says. It says that he, cha- he was willing to change his plans. Can I encourage you? This is probably one of the greatest obstacles to us sharing the Jesus, having Jesus conversations with people, is that we're unwilling at times to be interrupted. I don't really necessarily like that word, but to change our plans. The verse 28 says, he was going to walk further on. And they said, won't you please stop and come and eat with us? He said, okay. He was, he was willing. He had other things going on. He was going somewhere else, and yet he was willing to change his plans to have a Jesus conversation. I think one of the greatest traps that the enemy has ever given to us is the trap of the distraction of this life. Do you realize that's one of his initial schemes of the enemy is to distract us with the situations that are right in front of us that take priority over God's priority in our life? Like, do you realize the, 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 the enemy was with God. He was in glory. He was in glory. He saw glory. He was in holiness. He was with the majesty of God. He rebelled. God cast him down. Did not cast him to hell. The devil is not in hell. The fallen angels are not in hell. They're on earth. He cast them down to earth. His first act was to say to Eve, look at the situation in front of you. Get your eyes off of who God is. Get your eyes off of what God has commanded. Get your eyes off of God's will. Look at the situation that's not exactly right. Look at what's right in front of you and forget who you were designed to be. Forget the God call on your life. Forget the moment and place in where you were placed in the garden in which you were placed in. Forget why you exist. Concentrate on the situation in front of you. My friends, so often we can be distracted. It's not that the apple isn't there. It's not that there are other things to do. But sometimes we get so distracted by the enemy that we forget that we were made to bask in his glory. We were made to reveal the King of kings and Lord of lords. We were made to make Jesus' name famous in all the earth. We were made to proclaim the kingdom of God. That's why we were made and placed in our garden. Everything else is a benefit. But that's why we were made. At the heart of a Christ follower, we've got to be willing to say, I'm okay to change my plans. I'm okay. Because this Jesus conversation is important. And I think to help us have these Jesus conversations, we need to make sure that we're bathing ourselves in the Word. So that... There's always a word inside of us that the Spirit can bring back to remembrance. Bring back to remembrance. It's hard to remember something that we haven't actually first known. So we need to put the word inside of us. That's why 1 Peter 3.15 says we should always be ready to give an answer for the theology you believed. You better be ready to give an answer for the lifestyle that you chose. 
You better be ready to give an answer for the denomination you've come from. The Bible says you need to be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. The hope, 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 the hope. Are we talking to people about the hope of Jesus Christ? About the hope that he brings? The life that he brings? This is really, really the key, I believe, that we need to stay on the scriptures when we're talking to people that reveal Jesus that reveals you. Look, when we're in discipleship groups or we're one-on-one and we want to sharpen each other, we can talk about theology. We can talk. How many of us have actually gone into the Word and found out the Scriptures about Jesus? Like the Bible says in verse 27, Jesus starts in the beginning and walks them all the way through Scriptures about Himself. He's just showing them Jesus. How often do our conversations fall back on, this is what's right, this is what's wrong, this is what the Bible says life should be, shouldn't be, instead of, let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you who Jesus Let me show you how much God loves you, that even in the garden, he, had a, he, had a, he, 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 he preached the gospel. Even from the very beginning, he covered somebody with, who sinned with the covering of forgiveness. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I think the challenge for us, my friends, is that what we're trying to give them is a window, not into what we believe, but a window into who Jesus is. And the challenge for us is that we need to know him so that we can do more than just talk about the facts about him, but help people see him so that they can have faith in him. It is by grace through faith that we see Jesus. There's this amazing story in John 4, isn't there, about the woman, with the, uh, woman at the well. And we all probably can agree that she had a checkered past a lot of brokenness, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of uncertainty. I, I bet a bit of hopelessness in her relationships and in her life. And what's amazing about this is that Jesus does not correct her. Jesus didn't show up at the well to point fingers, to blame her, to tell her if she really wanted to be okay, get her life right. Do you know what he rolled up to do? He said, let me tell you about the Messiah. And she goes, oh, I've heard about the Messiah. And he says this, the one standing in front of you is him. The one standing in front of you is him. His whole conversation with her was for her to get to one place, for her to see him. If that can be the goal of our conversations, it'll make our conversations a whole lot easier to have. And finally, just kind of as we wrap this up, I want to encourage us to be bold enough to break bread with people. Verse 30 says that Jesus went into their house and broke bread. Now, for some of us, we're like, what's the big deal, breaking bread? No, no, no. What he's actually saying is this. We have to be bold enough to be authentic and vulnerable and intimate with people. When they invite that, when they invite, when, when they invite that, when they invite that. Because sometimes we're like, let me just tell you, they did not invite you in. But I don't care if they invited me in, I'm telling them about Jesus. They did not invite you to the table. 
But when they invite you to the table, the Bible says he broke bread. What he's saying is he had communion. Communion with Jesus is the most intimate. The Last Supper was the most intimate time. It's him breaking his body. It's his blood being poured out. He's actually talking about the suffering that he's going through. There's this deep, vulnerable conversations that are happening around the table. We need to be bold enough to actually tell the truth about who we are and aren't when we're invited to that table so that they can see who Jesus changed us to be, accepted us as, and changed us to be. And then, stay with me, we need to be bold enough to walk away without closure. Because verse 31 says, and then he vanished. Sometimes one of the most difficult things in these conversations is to leave it without closure. To get out of the way and let Jesus change people's hearts. Without you. Without you. Like, don't get me wrong. We need the video we just saw so that if they do say, Hey, I need Jesus. Can you help a brother out? You're like, yep, let's pray. Awesome. We can explain the gospel. But not every conversation is going to end that way. And it's not a failure if it doesn't. Jesus vanished and let the Spirit change their hearts. This is why 1 Peter 1.3 says, It is in God's great mercy that he has given us a new birth into a living hope in Jesus Christ. God makes a way. Our job is not to get people saved. Our job is to reveal to them the Savior. Our words cannot be weapons. They have to be windows. But if we don't know the word, if we don't know the scripture, how can the Spirit, even if we give ear to Him, bring back to remembrance the things about who Jesus is? Yes, we do overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony, but we also have to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. It is Jesus and the one proclaiming Him that makes the difference in people's lives. My friends, there's a war in the Middle East. There's a war in, West, in Western Europe. I'm sorry, in Eastern Europe. There's a division that, that is deeper than the Grand Canyon in this country. There's racism and hatred and bigotry. We do not need American Christians. We need Christians who will stand up in America and actually proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Have a conversation this week. Have a conversation. Because why? You're not starting it. You're just joining it. I know there's a lot of busybodies in here. You join conversations all the time. No one invited you into. So if you're one of those people, come on somebody. Don't look straight ahead if you're sitting next to them. Look. If we can do that in the natural, how much more in the spiritual? The Spirit is already there. 
Jesus. They were having a conversation. Jesus showed up. We do not need to have conversations, Jesus conversations, to grow this church. We need to have Jesus conversations to bring hope to people. I hope you bring people to church. But church doesn't save people. Jesus does. Can we pray? I don't know where you found yourself in that, in the answer to the question that Pastor Rick asked. But if you are standing in front of God right now and he asked you, why should I let you into heaven? What would your answer be? And my friends, if it is anything other than because Jesus Christ died on the cross and took my place and I accepted the free gift of his sacrifice into my life, if it is anything other than I ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life, it's not the answer. You may have been in church your entire life and have never actually given your life to Jesus. You may know the facts. You may know the stories. You may know the parables. But I'm asking you, have you stepped out in faith? Pastor Kyle does not have the answers. The church is not the way, the truth, and the life. But we reveal the one who is. His name is Jesus. We will point the way. And the only way is you surrendering to Jesus Christ. But as you saw Pastor Rick, all we have to do is receive that free gift into our life. And it is ours. Because the word says the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. If you've never actually received that gift in your life, would you please receive it today? And maybe you've walked away. Maybe you've, maybe you've, you've, you've prayed that prayer before in the past, but you're finding yourself at distance with God. That's all right. Just turn around and come home again. Pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. The Bible says the Father will run to you and embrace you in his arms. Just pray with me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I've come to give you my life. All that I am, all that I have, all that I ever will be, I give to you now. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I know I'm not perfect, but I know you are. So forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for making me your child. I choose today to live for you and to never go back. I choose today to surrender my will to your will, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and 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 amen. And there is hope right there my friends if you prayed that as pastor rick already said peace unto you it's it's settled it doesn't mean that we don't do good works now we do good works to thank him to praise him to give him glory to actually change his world to be a part of advancing his kingdom but now it's not about what we've done now we get to do his works for his glory so there's peace someone say to you are you going to go to heaven yep how how are you sure because jesus did the work
Yeah, but you, I know what you did last week. Yup, good thing he died for that one. That was a duke. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful Jesus died for my 1980s. Mm. Oh, some of you too holy. You're like, I don't know, I'm good. Some of you are like, I wasn't even born in the 80s. Shut up. All right, whatever. Google the 80s. You'll know why Jesus had to cover it. Hey, really quickly before we go, thank you, by the way, for letting me have that conversation. And I wish Danielle would have been able to be here because she has these conversations all the time, especially with people who don't come to church. And it is beautiful. I watch her navigate it. Like she's, but it's not because she's a pastor. It's because Danielle has honed her ear to the Holy Spirit and has conditioned her heart. See, when you've been somebody who's had to have a lot of grace in your life, you understand the value of grace, and you understand how to be graceful in communicating who he is. When I was younger, I was a spitfire because they were going to hell, and I had to make sure they weren't. And look, I'm glad. We need to have a, a perspective of heaven and hell. Don't get me wrong. That is the truth. Sometimes it wasn't what I said. Sometimes it was the way I went at it that was wrong. How about we just find out where they are on their road and walk with them a little bit and let Jesus and the Spirit drop some stuff in our spirit to shine a window of who he is. Can you do that? Can you have conversations this week about Jesus? Not about church. About Jesus. Not about political issues. About Jesus. That QR code, can you pop that up real, back up for me really quick, Pastor John, please? Thank you. This QR code, if I were you, I would take a picture of it. I would keep it on my phone. You can hold it down if you have an iPhone, and it will take you to the YouTube channel. It's, you can go to our QR code. That's uh, the church's one, and that video's on there as well. But if you have a friend that maybe doesn't want to have to navigate through church and all the church stuff, but really wants to come to know something about this, just pull out your phone. Hey, here, let them scan it. It's a QR code. They scan it, it takes it right to the video. Seven minutes. And they may not pray that prayer at the end, but they'll know the truth at the end. We don't lead, come on somebody, we don't lead with that video. Don't do this. Pastor told us we have to show you, a, pastor told me I had to show you a video this week. Here, you get to watch this video. He's going to ask me if I actually had a come. You got to watch this. Don't do that. Don't be blaming me. But in your conversations about Jesus, if the Spirit prompts, make it easy for him. Here we go. And maybe you watch it a few times, so maybe they don't have to go to the video. Maybe they can hear those words come from your mouth. Because they are more likely to pray with you because they have a relationship with you than they are to pray with someone who they do not know. Why don't we stand? I'm going to pray over you for boldness this week, for ears to hear and eyes to see. But church, one of the ways that we have a conversation about who Jesus is and how we can worship him is with our giving. 
Because our giving speaks to him about who we think he is to us. One of the greatest windows that we can have a conversation with is to our own soul about how we believe that God is our provider. It doesn't matter what the situation, the enemy's going to say, but look at the apple, 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 and God's going to say, yeah, but look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I am Jehovah Jireh. I believe that God will provide for this church. I believe that God will provide for TKC. I believe that God is going to do abundantly above what we could ask, hope, or think. So I am 100% about giving into who he is. Maybe today, part of the conversation that you start with God is, God, I'm going to trust you to be who you say you're going to be. And I'm going to open the window by giving and allow you to reveal yourself as Jehovah Jireh in my life. This is an act of worship. There's a, th- there's a bunch of ways you can give uh, up on the screen. You can give through that QR code that takes you everywhere. You can give with these envelopes. You drop them in the gold kiosk on the way out. You can give online. But church, can I just really encourage you? You hear me say it all the time, and, and it's easy to turn this off. But please don't. Giving is worship. I love that people give out of obedience. That's awesome. But give out of worship. Man, when you give, whether it is a little, the the widow gave two mites. It wasn't the size of the amount. It's that she gave with her whole heart. When we give with our whole heart, when you drop it in, don't drop it in. Be like, yeah, I hope this pays the bills this week. Jesus, you are Jehovah Jireh. Come on, come on. God, you are the king of kings. God, I surrender. I've given you glory for this. Thank you for the job that enables me to have this. When, you, when we can see our job as part of the conduit to advance the kingdom, it makes going to work easier. Well, let me say that again one more time. Because some of you went, oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no. When we see our jobs as part of the conduit to actually worshiping God and advancing his kingdom, it's easier to get up on a Monday and go in. But when we see it as only the means to pay our own bills and make our own survival, it diminishes the gift of that employment that God has given us. When we see the employment as a gift of God, it expands the joy we have to showing up for it every day. Let me pray over you. I'm so glad you showed up today. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. Father, thank you for the fact that we... When we came in this place, that you were in this place. That like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus who were walking together and talking about you, you showed up because you show up every time. I thank you that you showed up this morning, and I thank you that that is your promise as we talk about you this week. That as we start to have conversations, join the conversation that you've already started with our child, with our friend, with that person at Starbucks, with our coworker, with the person who bothers us, who... uh, who who is an antagonist towards us. Father, I believe 
believe you've already started that conversation so give us the boldness to join it open our ears to hear the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives open our eyes to see the moments and the, and the, the, the urgency in the moment help us to understand that we were born for such a time as this in this generation to serve the generation to serve your kingdom in this generation Lord God so that your kingdom can, can come your will can be done in people's lives that people can find hope and peace in an uncertain time that give us the boldness of lions and the gentleness of lambs let us speak with wisdom with compassion and grace may these conversations flow as easily as water we're going to give you praise in advance for the breakthroughs that are here to come and thank you because today out of this conversation we've fallen even more in love with you in Jesus name amen amen God bless you church go have some Jesus conversations this week I'll see you next week at the church birthday show awesome